Malachi. Malachi is a minor prophet in the Old Testament. Hopefully you guys were here for Blake, for Blake's message last week where we kind of introed our series on restoring honor and talking about the book of Malachi. Malachi was a, a prophet in a time where Israel had been exiled. And so they were lost, they were confused, they were mired in sin, they were struggling with things like playing the victim, making inadequate sacrifices, complaining, struggling with divorce, confusing good and evil, speaking negatively about God. Sounds a lot like our culture, doesn't it? So the more I read Malachi and the more I studied, and believe me, I toiled with Malachi this week. But it is directly applicable to some of the things that we battle. Not surprisingly, because I think if we look hard enough and study long enough, we can find something in God's Word anywhere we look that applies to what we're doing today. So Blake talked last week about Malachi and raised the question, what does it mean to have honor? We're going to build on that this week and talk about what does it mean to be faithful? How can choosing faithfulness restore honor to the Lord, to us, to our community, to our churches? Now, obviously, God himself is the ultimate example of faithfulness. Amen? So we have his word. We have a good model to look at of what it means to be faithful. But we have to choose, as we heard Todd say. If we choose to be faithful, then we will honor God and we can restore honor to our families and communities. But we're not going to be perfect, are we? We're going to mess up. I literally was sitting at the table with my wife, who was faithful in helping me get ready for this this week. I'm like, what, what am I faithful at? What am I faithful at? I'm thinking, I'm like, well... I'm real. I never miss a Kentucky game. I'm like, man, I, I'm in trouble this week. So when I come up with one, I'll let you know. Hopefully I'll come up with one during this. Two things to remember as we get started. Number one, we will see from Scripture in the life of Jesus and others that faithfulness is about loyalty of heart and mind. Loyalty. Number two, it's about action consistency in action. So if that's all you take with you today, and I hope it's not, but if we choose faithfulness, we're choosing loyalty of heart and mind to God, to the mission He gives us, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to those who need Him, and consistency in action. We have to walk it out. At the end of the day, second thing I want us to remember we must ask ourselves, are we faithful or are we forgetful? It is a critical distinction. Let's pray. God, thanks so much that you are faithful. Where would we be without your faithfulness? Holy Spirit, we invite you in today. Your words, not mine. Give us your listening ears to hear the truth that you have for us. Challenge and change our hearts today and call us to more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go to Malachi 2, 10 through 16. The little subtitle thing I have in my Bible says a call to faithfulness, which sounds great until you read it. It's harsh. Verse 10, are we not all children of the same Father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other, violating the covenant 
of our ancestors. Judah has been unfaithful and a detestable thing has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. The men of Judah have defiled the Lord's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who will worship idols. Let's skip down to 13. Here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with your tears, weeping, and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Be careful what you ask. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young, but you have been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Skipping on down. 15, so guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth, for I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, so guard your heart, do not be unfaithful to your wife. Let me give you a couple of caveats, okay? We're not going to get into a theological discussion of divorce today. The charge is about faithfulness, okay? Obviously, this is the issue or one of the front burner issues that the Israelites were dealing with that Malachi specifically addressed with them. And we're going to talk about how and how that applies to us. I'm, not, I'm also not going to attempt, we've already talked about how unqualified I am in the first place, to talk about Malachi. So I'm not going to attempt to get into the theology of whether or not under the Old Testament we can be cut off from God's kingdom and how that translates to the New Covenant. That's for another day. And frankly, for somebody smarter and more qualified than me to explain it. And maybe I'll be there too and learn what it means. What we are going to talk about is faithfulness. Malachi's challenge, specifically in the context of divorce, encompasses all forms of unfaithfulness to God, to family, to the way we keep our brothers and sisters in Christ, to the way that we love our neighbors. It encompasses everything. Just like the Israelites in Malachi's day, we have to raise the bar in this area. So does that make sense? Do we have a clear idea of what I'm, some of the stuff I'm not going to get into? We're talking about faithfulness today and how this passage relates to unfaithfulness in a more general sense. Okay, so what's the first thing we see? Malachi shows us what not to do, right? Sometimes we learn that way, don't we? We learn what to do by either messing up ourselves and figuring out what not to do or seeing somebody else who messed up. So the Israelites messed up. They betrayed their brothers and sisters in Christ. They violated the standards God had given them as his followers. They broke their vows to God and to each other, and they failed to guard their hearts from disloyalty and sin. These are all very big things. So it's obvious. I don't think anyone in this room reads those things and thinks, you know what? I might like to do some of those things. We see from them how they messed up. They messed up the big stuff. But guess what? Faithfulness is not just about the big stuff. It's also about the small stuff. The tough part is recognizing the unfaithfulness in our lives. The tough part is recognizing where we're being unfaithful committing to being faithful in those areas, and then honoring that commitment to the end, to the finish, to where God wants to see it end. So we can't gloss over the small stuff. In my own life, I was thinking about this. How often, how often do I break promises in my own life? How often do I tell my kids are in here, so they might say something, but how often do I tell my kids I'm going to play with them and I don't? 
How often do I tell my wife when I'm going to be home? And I'm always late <laughs> every time. How often do we fail? Do we, are we unfaithful in the small things? But if we're unfaithful in the small things, that can morph into a bigger problem, right? So there's, we wouldn't fathom doing some of, this, some of these things that Israel has done here. But I'll guarantee you it didn't start that way for them. It started with unfaithfulness in the small things. Unfaithfulness is something that can sneak in and then become a bigger problem. So what is faithfulness? Let's flip it back. So we saw how the Israelites, the Israelites show us what unfaithfulness is in Malachi, right? So what is faithfulness? And again, I'm going to be completely honest. I str- struggled with this. It seems like something that's easy to define, right? I was even, I mean, I was marking this thing up and making changes last night at like midnight. I am, I've struggled with this this week in a good way. So what did I do? I took my wife's suggestion. I said, you know what? If you're struggling, why don't you ask some other people? So that's what I did. I thought it was a good idea. So I sent a message out, asked people to talk to their kids, sent some to some family members, some Sparrow Missions interns that I've worked with, and some friends, colleagues, and mentors, and said, in two sentences or less, tell me what faithfulness means to you, and who in your life has been faithful. And man, I got some awesome stuff. So I'm going to read through it. There's a couple, most of them are anonymous. There's a couple of clues in here. You might figure out who said it. First one, I would define faithful as trusting and loyal regardless of the circumstances or reciprocation. Who comes to mind? That's easy. Katie. Who's Katie? This person's hunting dog. So the first person he thought of was this hunting dog. Faithful to me means confident and constant regardless of circumstances. I think of my dad, who was always there for me and our family as I grew up and as an adult, even when he disagreed with the decision I made. Faithfulness stays, right? Well, of course the Lord, of course, but he has also placed people like my wife and my friends that have stood beside me. It doesn't mean providing to me. Sometimes being faithful means they're just there. Doesn't that resonate? Some faithful people are just there when you need them, right? Plus, they all direct me to the Holy Spirit who is always faithful even when I wander off. Lee Bean sent me a message who happens to be here today. So give him a hug if you see him on his way out. Faithful means having your sermon prepared by Tuesday night. jerk. (laughs) Then he went on to say, seriously, faithful to me means clinging to Christ even even through the multiple times we let him down. It means believing he loves us when we're not very lovely. And in turn, learning to love others the same way, unconditional. Two people who have been faithful in my life are Jerry Smitha and Tommy Chin, and everybody who knows those guys know that Lee's right about that. So he has outdone me and made fun of me in the same message. <laughs> to me, faithful means to the end. Being faithful is not seasonal. The disciples, whether by natural death or execution, declared to their last breath that Jesus is Lord. 
Faithful means unconditional love with expecting nothing in return. My dad, W.A. Smith. My brother Dan's in the military. Can we all agree that military people know something about faithfulness? Which is awesome that Todd spoke this morning and led into this. But they know something about serving day after day without being recognized properly, getting nothing in return, right? So my brother Dan said this. He's a navigator in the Air Force. I would define it as firm or loyal no matter what circumstances you're in. My first thought was Paul, but there are a lot of biblical examples of people that remain loyal and firm even when faced by an impossible situation. In my life, my first thought went to Justin Ross, who's my Honduras missionary buddy. Just because of the faithfulness it would take to start a whole new life in a different country to serve God, that is a huge amount of faith to give up all the comfort you know for the unknown. Because at the beginning, he knew a lot less about what was going to happen or what he was getting into, and he did it anyway. Being faithful is loyalty to death. Faithfulness requires word and action. In terms of people, an old dude in history named Polycarp. Anyone, does anyone know who Polycarp is? <laughs> I had to Google it. Polycarp lived in the first and second centuries and was said to be a disciple of the Apostle John and an early Christian writer. And he died a martyr. Sounds pretty faithful. And then this guy also said, oh, and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> what? Said Polycarp and Kobe Bryant in the same answer. That makes no sense at all. Okay, finally. Allie Warford, who's here today and one of our Sparrow interns, said this, I believe faithfulness is the byproduct of our belief, faith, and trust in God and the sacrifice he made for us. Faithfulness is a choice to firmly commit to adhere to God in all areas of life. Faithfulness makes me think of Hebrews 11, which is full of world changers that laid down everything to be obedient to God. It's easy to find yourself reading these stories and believing that they are more holy or better Christians than I will ever be. But they were normal, average people that were so in love with God that they would give up all they had to be obedient. And to me, that is faithfulness. Because of their faith and trust, God used them in their weakness in mighty ways, and their faithfulness paved a legacy for generations. Very well said. So let's transition. In, well, first of all, let's take a step back. As I read these things, does someone pop in your mind as being faithful? Do you have somebody that pops into your head as being faithful to you or as exemplifying faithfulness? Don't we want this to be how people see us as followers of Christ? Don't we want this to be what defines us? If you have somebody in your life that fits these descriptions, I would just encourage you, go to them and tell them. Go to them and thank them for being faithful in your life. And think, where would you be without their faithfulness? But how awesome would that be if everybody in here goes today and tells somebody else and thanks them for being faithful? Just a thought. One thing is certain, if we want to reflect Christ and His character, then we have to be faithful. So let's start there. Faithfulness is who God is. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Deuteronomy 7.9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations 
of those who love him and keep his commandments. Don't you love these scriptures? This is the God we serve. He is faithful. Amen? To his core. Even when we're not. Jesus, obviously, is the ultimate example of faithfulness. He came here on a mission. He came here with a job to do. He made promises, vows with God the Father. He could have called it off or walked away at any point. But he didn't. He honored his vow all the way to the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. He was, he was unwaveringly faithful. There's all kinds of examples of faithfulness in the Bible, right? Just like Ali said. Abraham, David, John the disciple. That's one of my favorite ones. John the disciple is the disciple Jesus loved, right? But you just get the feeling he was just always there for Jesus. He was always there, resting on his shoulder. Probably let Jesus do the same. Just always there. I want to go off the board a little bit, though, and talk about another biblical character that I think exemplifies faithfulness. Hannah. Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Samuel was the prophet. Well, he was the prophet of Israel for a long time, but he's the prophet who anointed David as king. Well, Hannah's story is in 1 Samuel 1. She was married... She was married to a man who had two wives. The other wife could have children. Hannah could not. The husband treated them differently. The wife mocked Hannah. She was grieved. that She was in anguish. And she prayed this prayer to God. 1 Samuel 1.11 She made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. Now let's remember, these are real people. Okay, Hannah was hurting. She wanted this more than anything. This is a crazy promise for her to make, right? The thing that she wants the most, she promised to give back. Now if she would have walked away from that promise, everybody would have understood. Oh, you don't have to give up your kid. But if we read down, after Samuel was born, she brought him back to that tabernacle where she made that prayer, presented him to Eli the priest and said in verse 26 of chapter 1, I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. Now, what was the result of this? I just alluded to it. Again, Hannah easily could have broken this promise and everybody would have understood, but she honored it. So what was the result? He went on to be a great prophet, the spokesperson of Israel, who anointed David as king. And that king was obviously one of the ancestors of Jesus himself. Hannah honored her promise and she left a legacy of faithful faithfulness that made an eternal impact. Are we willing to keep our vows like that? Is there any attribute more important than faithfulness? It's hard to think of one. I mean, if you go to the New Testament, probably love. But it's in the conversation. It's hard for me to think of one that's more important to God than faithful service to Him. 
One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. God is looking for a heart and mind that are loyal and for actions that are consistent with that. One without the other won't cut it. James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So we can't just stop with the loyal heart and mind. We have to be consistent in action. So let's talk a little bit more about the why. Why be faithful? Obviously, it's tough. It requires choice and sacrifice, right? So why be faithful? Well, let's go back to Malachi. First of all, faithfulness is a family value that is necessary to build community. And I'm talking about spiritual family primarily because I think that's what Malachi was referring to when he started verse 10 with this. Are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other? Why does he ask this? Of course, we're all children of the same father. He asks it because he wants us to realize, he wanted the Israelites to realize that faithfulness isn't just about being faithful to God. It's about being faithful to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to all God's children, which starts with Jesus, of course, but also includes God's adopted children who are our brothers and sisters in Christ and community. If we forget that our covenants with God and our spiritual and earthly families and betray them, it makes us vulnerable. It fractures the spiritual community. So when we make promises, when we commit to our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to honor those commitments. And it will also help safeguard us from sin. He talks later in the passage about guarding our hearts. We'll guard our hearts together. One of my favorite pictures of this comes from Hebrews. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I almost always read it at the end of our Honduras trips. Because there's, a, there's something you have to battle after a mission trip. When you go back home, you almost feel a void. There's kind of a loneliness there because you've experienced so much together with people so many days in a row. So I always read Hebrews, this scripture from Hebrews at the end, when I'm just trying to encourage people, let's not forget each other. Let's build each other up. Let's be faithful. Let us hold unswervingly, which is a word that I love, unswervingly, to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how may we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we have to ask, is our forgetfulness tarnishing our earthly and spiritual families and legacy and dishonoring God, or is our faithfulness honoring Him and spurring each other on? Are we spurring each other on in love and good deeds and leaving behind a lasting legacy? That's what faithfulness means within the context of the spiritual community. It's bigger than just us. It's bigger than just us. It's about all of us together honoring commitment to bring honor to Him. Another why. Why be faithful? Let's go back to Malachi. The Israelites failed to stay true to the Lord by marrying idol-worshiping women, but I want to focus more on what 
Malachi said after that. As a result, they were cut off and God did not hear or accept their cries, sacrifices, and worship. This should be a big red flag for us. What it says to me is, our unfaithfulness can become a barrier to our relationship with God. It can become a barrier to connection with people. It can become a barrier to effective ministry. It can silence us. It can neutralize us if we are unfaithful. So we can have all the programs in the world. We can have the best ideas. But if we are unfaithful in the small and big things, we're building a barrier that hinders or silences our cries to him, that hinders or builds walls in our relationships with people. This is a warning to us. We can't allow unfaithfulness to become a barrier in our relationship with God, in our relationship with our spiritual and earthly families, and in our ministry and community. So do we have, we have to prayerfully consider, do we have any unfaithfulness barriers that are there? Are there any in our individual lives? Are there any in our families? Are there any in our church family where we are being unfaithful that might be putting up a barrier and blocking or at the very least hindering what God wants to do? We have to recognize the barrier. I wrote down the four R's. If we have a barrier in our life, an unfaithfulness barrier, let's recognize it, repent, run the other way, and let God restore Now, some of us probably have one of these barriers in mind right now that's popped in our heads. I'm not being faithful with this, with what God has called me to. And no matter how much I want to do this over here or how hard I try, I can't get past this barrier. So recognize it, repent, which just means to turn from it. Run the other way. Run towards God and towards faithfulness and let Him restore you. Let's look at some positive. Let's look at a positive why. Why be faithful? Because God will honor it in amazing ways. Just a couple of scriptures here. Train up a child in the way he should go, says Proverbs 22.6. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Does everyone agree? Parenting requires an unbelievable, unrelenting amount of faithfulness. But the reward is huge. So that's why be faithful in the small things, in the big things. Matthew 25, 21 says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Faithfulness builds trust. Hopefully everybody in here has a big God dream. If you don't, ask Him to give you one. But you know what? We've got to be faithful in the small things before He'll trust us with the big ones. Psalm 4.3 says, Know that the Lord has set apart His faithful servant for Himself. The Lord hears when I call Him. Contrast that to Malachi. When we are faithful, He hears us when we call Him. There is no unfaithfulness barrier. Psalm 31.23 says, Love the Lord, all His faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to Him, but the proud He pays back in full. I think that's an interesting contrast why he uses the word proud there. Have you ever known a faithful person that was proud? (laughs) They just don't seem to go together, do they? Faithful people are always humble, too. 
They're just in the background. They're just there working. Sounds good, right? But it's all tied to faithfulness. Being loyal to God in heart and mind and consistent in action. Okay, so how do we become more faithful? Let's get down to the nitty-gritty a little bit. How do we do it? How do we do it in our everyday lives? Just got a couple of quick hitters here. Faithfulness, it's a simple concept, right? You stick. You stay till the end. You're there. You honor God. You honor others. And you finish. But it's hard to do. Scripture says it's hard to do. Proverbs 26 says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. You ever thought that? <laughs> Just give me one faithful person. You ever thought that? They're hard to find. Psalm 12.1 says, Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. This is King David talking. It is hard to do to be faithful. But we've got to buck the trend. And we're going to mess up. But how can we do it? First, don't say yes to everything. You can't say yes to everything and be faithful with all of it. Matthew 5.37 says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It doesn't say let your yes be yes and if, even if it's no, just say yes anyway. You can't say yes to everything and be faithful. What will happen is that you'll get burned out and be unfaithful. If, when, if or when you do feel drawn to something or someone and prayerfully commit, then we must honor the commitment. Resolve in our minds and hearts to see it through to the finish. Once you commit, you must not quit. Everybody in here is too young to remember Johnny Cochran. I asked my wife, she's like, who's Johnny Cochran? Johnny. That's right. So once you commit, you must not quit. Next, get the big stuff right. We must be faithful to God, to His Word, and in prayer, and stay focused on Him. Be faithful to each other. No forgetting, no excuses. And if we're caught up in a Malachi level of unfaithfulness, stop it. <laughs> if that's going on, quit. Choose to run away from it. But we can't forget the small stuff either. We've got to be faithful at home. We've got to be faithful in the details. Keep our promises. Do what we say. Be there for our kids, for our church, for our community. It's hard to be faithful if you're not there. And when we mess up, and we will, run to Jesus, confess it. His forgiveness and grace are there for us. And keep going. Keep plowing. The four R's. Recognize, repent, run and restore. Let God restore you. Now, as we wrap up, I want to talk about my person that I see as faithful. My person that I see as faithful, none of you know him except one person in here, is my Uncle Randy. My Uncle Randy was a preacher, an evangelist, a church pastor. He loved Jesus like no one I had ever seen. 
he was faithful. He had a heart for evangelism. He had to see people one to Christ. He pastored three churches at the same time. And he did traveling tent meetings. He literally poured himself out, I believe, until his heart stopped. He died in a motorcycle accident, but his heart stopped before that. That's the reason he had the accident. I believe he poured himself out until his heart just quit. But he was faithful to his family and his community as well. They went with him. He stayed the course. He finished. He got his eternal reward, and he left a legacy of faithfulness behind. Guess who, guess who pastors his church now? His son. Guess who plays the piano? His grandson. He was the most faithful person that I have ever known. Will that be said of me? Will that be said of us? How many issues in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our nation, in our community, in our world, could be avoided or resolved if we were just faithful? Are we ready to take it to the next level? To be loyal in heart and mind and consistent in our actions. To be more faithful and less forgetful. If we do this together here at Christ Community as the body of Christ in the big and the small things, then I believe the impact on our families, on our community, and on the world will be powerful and eternal, and God will get the honor. I don't want it. God will get the glory, and we will be restored in the process. Amen? Let's pray as Todd comes up. God, we just accept your challenge from Malachi. Or we're not perfect. Thank you that Jesus finished the story of Malachi. That we don't have to be perfect rule followers. That by His grace, we can be forgiven if we mess up and we can get up and keep going. Help us to be faithful in the small things to our families, to our children, to our relationships, to our church community, to our Shelbyville community, and bigger than that. Help us to be faithful in the big things. Help us to hunger for you and your word and your call. Help us to be so faithful that we don't even give a second thought to trading what the world is offering us for what you have. God, just make us a faithful people who are bound together with one purpose, who are focused on you in our hearts and minds, and who are consistent in action. And God, you'll get the glory. We'll give you all the glory for it as you restore us when we fail and you build us up together. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.